Welcome to International Podcast Month, or IPM. IPM 2020 is brought to you by the organizational team, Anne, Cole, Tess, and Theron. A very special thank you to all of our participants, without whom this event wouldn't be possible. And now, on to the episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Monster Hour, an actual play podcast about going to school, arguing with your parents, and ruining your favorite outfit while hunting horrible monsters. Narrative-driven and crisply edited, painfully relatable characters. Monster Hour follows unlikely heroes JR. Super suspicious. That's sort of my deal. Constance. I may be a bit of a know-it-all, but I might actually know it all. And Alvin. I'm monstrous. As they unravel the sinister mysteries of a strange Colorado town. If you're a fan of Stranger Things, Buffy, or the Adventure Zone Amnesty, you'll love Monster Hour. Tune in for new episodes every other Tuesday, wherever you get your podcasts. What happens when you take a group of podcasters and force them to play tabletop role-playing games? You end up with Rolling Misadventures, a podcast that tiptoes between actual play and improvised audio drama. Tune in for two-episode story arcs across your favorite genres, from a Western love story to mobster family drama, and even a musical theater production. The only guarantee here is that everything will end in a total fiasco. Find us at RollingMisadventures.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thornvale is a narrative-driven actual play podcast following three monster hunters as they fight to keep a small town in Florida safe from the creatures that threaten it. It's full of action. I'll be like, I'll distract him, you get him. And so I'm going to try... Okay, Bjorn, how are you going to get him? Um, Comedy. I just got this image in my head, now this is me, not Sammy, of this dragon that was collecting materials for a chicken farm. (laughs) (laughs) And truly awful dice rolls. Nope, another oh, three. That's, oh that's my, my second three in a row. Oh my gosh. If that sounds like it's up your alley, then look us up wherever you listen to podcasts. It is late Thursday evening, and Bob Shelton is sitting at his desk in the office of the Belmont Hotel, located in 1 Wentel Trap, Oregon. Bob's family has owned the Belmont for four generations, and Not much has changed since its opening, so the last-minute surge of reservations for the upcoming holiday weekend is taking a bit longer to process than he'd hoped. Not that he minds, mind you. Tourism is the lifeblood of a little town like Wendeltrap. Bob finishes processing the last of the reservations and gets ready to head upstairs to bed. He crosses through the Belmont's dark and empty foyer, but as he does so, through the window, he spots a light in the distance. A hungry flame, tall and bright, burning out on the beach. On fires aren't allowed past midnight, Bob grumbles to himself as he pulls on a light coat. A late summer breeze blows past as he makes his way down the boardwalk from the rocky bluff to the sandy shore. All the windows in town behind him are darkened, leaving his path lit only by silvery moonlight. The bonfire is still a ways out when he reaches the beach, further than he thought. His downy bed back at home calls to him, but he steals his resolve, having already made up his mind to give these teenagers the what for. The moonlight overhead seems to grow dimmer with each step he takes. Bob finds himself treading an ethereal bridge of sand, vivisecting two great pools of darkness where the ocean and forest had been. Step after step, Bob moves forward, but the light never gets any bigger. It was a bonfire. He'd been sure of it. But with each step, it remains a distant flame. After walking for 
hours, days, Bob arrives at the source of the illumination. A single match, sputtering faintly in the cool ocean breeze. He pauses for a moment before reaching down and plucking it from the sand. The flame glows brighter as he brings the stem closer to inspect it. And then, without warning, winks out. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our International Podcast Month game of We Die Here. I am your GM and narrator, Quinn. My pronouns are he, him. When I'm not working on awesome collaborations like this, I am the GM of Monster Hour, a Monster of the Week actual play podcast. And though I do not have a Twitter of my own, you can almost always find me behind the wheel at Monster Hour Pod. Let's go ahead and introduce the rest of our players. If you give me your name, pronouns, and where we can find you and what you're normally working on. Let's go ahead and start with Derek. Hi, I'm Derek Graziano. My pronouns are he, him. I am the host, producer, editor, and wrangler of cats for a podcast called Rolling Misadventures, where basically I take a whole bunch of podcasters away from what they normally do. We sit down, play tabletop role-playing games, and turn them into one to two episode improv audio dramas with full sound design and backing scores. If you're looking for a weird sci-fi horror story arc, or even a kung fu love quarrel. <laughs> we have all sorts of stuff for you. And you can find that at rollingmisadventures.com or on Twitter at rmisadventures. Bernie. Hi, I'm Bernie Aleda. Normally you can find me on Firefly Podcast, where we visit the verse and get into all kinds of shenanigans and mischiefs. You can find me on Twitter at engrpe. And Susanna. Hi, I'm Susanna. I am the keeper and producer of the Thornvale Monster of the Week show. It's a show about a couple of hunters as they try to protect a small town off the coast of Florida from hideous monsters. It's a lot of fun, and uh, you can find us on Twitter at ThornvaleCast, or you can find us online anywhere at ThornvalePodcast.com. All right. We are going to be playing We Die Here by Steffi Devon. We Die Here is a game about the lives and secrets of small, isolated towns. It is inspired by stories like Twin Peaks, Stephen King's It, and Netflix Dark, where the town is as much a character in the story as its inhabitants. It rarely lets people go. Characters are born there and die there. And only if they are very lucky does the latter come as the natural end to a long life. Our small town is Wendeltrap, a secluded beachside community nestled along the Oregon coast. Long home to a scant few struggling cranberry farms, it has gained new life in recent years as a destination for tourists seeking to escape to its pristine sandy shores. We'll learn a little bit more about Wendeltrap as we start playing, but like most small towns, it has its share of strained relationships and strange secrets. Let's go ahead and meet our protagonists. So we're going to have everyone introduce their characters. Just give us a quick who they are, what they do in town, and their need and want, which are two of the three character mechanics in We Die Here. The third being the secret, which we are going to hold to its namesake and not reveal at this time. Uh, let's go in reverse order. So Susanna, why don't you tell us about your character? Sure. My name is Abigail Blake. I am a, a blonde woman in her 40s. My hair is starting to get streaked with some white. Uh, my need is to keep my teenage son, Jamie, safe. 
And my want is to find a way to get my son out of Wintel Trap. I also own a jet ski rental booth. Yeah. Bernie, why don't you go ahead? I'll be playing Ron Johnson. He is the local biker. He owns a bike shop, which is a kind of a go-to destination for all of the motorcycle tours that come through town. Ron is unhealthily obsessed with having the best bike around or at least the best bike in town. So it's always got to be the loudest, fastest, most shiny thing on the road. His want is for his girlfriend, Liz, to come to Wendell Trap, which uh, is an ongoing issue. And we talked about this. She's never been to Wendell Trap, has she? She has never been to Wendell Trap. It's a bummer. Derek, how about you? I am playing William Moxley. He is a self-starter entrepreneur, specifically an investor, probably mid-20s, I'd probably say 25, 26. He did grow up in the town, but he did manage to leave to attempt to make it in the real world before whatever happens in this town brought him back. Uh, he doesn't actually believe in this town's lore or the curse, but that's starting to get a little shaky after his experience. He currently resides at the Belmont Hotel, mainly because when he left, he sold his family home and it was demolished, though he doesn't really feel all that nostalgic about said childhood home, as he mainly sees it as just progress of the city growing. His need is a money clip from his passed-on father, and his want is his standing in society. Basically, he wants to be better than what this town has to offer. And we've established all three of your characters have, at one point or another, tried to leave, right? Yes. I have, definitely. And whenever you have tried to leave, you have found that the longer you're gone and the further away you are, the worse your luck seems to get until you have, one way or another, found yourself back in Wental Trap. We are going to open up with William. William, it is the Friday before Labor Day weekend. Where do we find you on this Friday evening, do you think? I think on the Friday evening, William is at the Belmont Hotel, specifically hanging out in the bar, just listening in on conversations of basically any big ideas any of these tourists and visitors might have that he could pitch his investing opportunities to. You've seen Bob Shelton, the proprietor of the Belmont, uh, hustling around. I think earlier you saw his oldest daughter, Claire, as well, who you know works uh, at the Belmont, much to her chagrin. She doesn't particularly enjoy it, but uh, you know there's not a lot of jobs in Wendell Trap that don't involve some sort of hospitality. She's sort of disappeared now, and so most of the Belmont is beginning to fill up with these tourists. There's a few groups that you see. There are some late 20s, mid 30s folks, pretty snappily dressed in nice athletic wear, and they're all carrying yoga mats. There's a few folks who look like they're either in college or, or fresh out of college. And there's a couple nuclear families, various sort of leave it to beaver types. And they're, they're either getting checked in or they're congregated in the very, very small bar that the Belmont has to offer. So I think that just seeing how popular and busy the Belmont Hotel is, William's probably going to seek out Bob Shelton and just kind of pitch that, you know, Bob, look, how busy it is right here. You could have this at other locations. It doesn't have to be a little seaside rinky-dink place like Wentel Trap. We can open other hotels. 
William, I'm just, today's not the day, okay? I'm trying to deal with everybody here. This is, there's just a lot of people here. We really, I mean, we can talk about this some other time, maybe. I'm pretty swamped right now, okay? I get it, Bob. Really, I do. I mean, you got to also release some of that responsibility. Let other people handle it. I'm telling you, you have your daughter already working this one. This is proof that, you know, you can grow the business. You don't have to be in control of everything. And that's where I step in. All right, William, what is, what's the pitch here? Come on. No, you always got a pitch. Of course I do. I wouldn't come to you empty handed. Look, you are packed to the gills with people at this place. We got the Motel 6 down the road. It could be fixed up. I'm telling you, we just buy them out. You want me to buy out Lydia? Do you think she would sell? I would love I to mean, drive right- that horrid, bland, corporate hotel out of Wenteltrap. It's not, it's not fitting for a nice town like this. Exactly. See, you're on the same page. For the right price, anybody would be willing to sell that hunk of garbage that they call a hotel. And then we could fix it up in your image and your family's image. Hmm. This still isn't the time, William, but you have, you have piqued my interest, I will admit. Can we talk about it perhaps tomorrow or after this weekend? This is, you know, it's Labor Day weekend. It's the last weekend of summer. Absolutely. All right. Thank uh, And you can see there's uh, another family waiting to check in and they're looking really irately at Bob and he claps you on the shoulder and says, I got to get back to this, you know. The customers can't keep them waiting, but I'll follow up with you after this weekend. I think uh, William will just flash a cheesy smile to the irate family and make his way back to the bar. Let's jump to Abigail. Okay. Abigail, where are you on this Friday evening? I am probably just starting to pack up my jet ski rental, and uh, I'm having my son kind of like close out the register for me while I start locking everything up. Tell us a little bit about your son, Jamie. Yeah, he is a pretty good kid most of the time. He is 15. He was born here, just like I was. We tried to leave once, and things didn't go super well. He had a pretty bad accident, and that kind of just had to make us go back home because we needed like people we knew, you know, to help us deal with it afterwards. Yeah. So he's a good kid, though. He's he's recovered pretty well. Right now, he is bored. It's been a long day, so he's like at the end of the day, he's just like. All right, let's do anything else other than this. So I have promised him that I am going to take him to the Crab Pot Diner after we finish up. Nice. So you are closing up shop. You're shutting down, cashing out the till. And down the boardwalk from town, you see a group of college kids or college-age kids uh, heading your direction. Just pretty sportily. Nice beach clothes. They've got some like tanks and stuff like that. They meander up to your stand. And one of the guys says... Think we could maybe like rent uh, rent some jet skis tonight? Like get out and check out the surf? Think of like skiing over to the, to the lighthouse. It looks pretty cool. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, we're, we're closed for the night, but you can come back in the morning and I'll be happy to get you a couple of skis. It's like five o'clock. This is like prime jet ski time. Come on. We'll take good care of them. We'll, we'll turn them in the morning. <laughs> I don't rent overnight. I'm sorry. Oh, come on. We're just, we're looking to have a good time. Come on. Well, you can have a good time tomorrow. Ugh, this is bullshit. Let's go. Put on Little Town. Everything closes up at five o'clock. And they just start walking down the beach and you can see that they have some cheap beers stashed in their pockets and they just crack them open and start heading down. Yeah, I just roll my eyes. I'm used to dealing with jerk tourists. In their wake down the boardwalk, you see Claire Shelton, Bob's oldest daughter, who is the, the same age as Jamie. And she mm-hmm. meanders over to you. Hey, Miss Blake. Hey, Jamie. How's it going? Hi, Claire. 
Are you about wrapped up for the day? Yeah, we're heading over to the Crab Pot Diner. That's great. Uh, Jamie, I was just going to see if you wanted to go for karaoke night. I look at Jamie. Does he look like he wants to go to karaoke night? Yeah, he smiles and nods enthusiastically. You know, Jamie and Claire are pretty close. Yeah, yeah, I figured. I look at him and I'm like, how long is karaoke night? Well, you know, it starts at, at 7 and it goes till 9. Okay, well, make sure make sure he gets some food, will you, Claire? Oh, you can come too, Miss Blake, if you want. I think my karaoke years were somewhere around the time Jamie was born. So you two have some fun. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go somewhere else. All right, let's go, Jamie. And the two of them head back up into town. Like I'm just going to go walk on the boardwalk and just enjoy the late summer breeze for a little while before heading home. Let's pan over to Ron. Yes. Ron, where do we find you this Friday evening? And for the listeners, we have not talked at all, but I was already thinking that Ron was at the Crab Pot Diner. (laughs) (laughs) Mostly because he knows it's tourist night and being a Labor Day weekend, he wanted to check out all the bikes that were coming into town and make sure that they all knew that he had the best bike in town. So parked right next to as close to the handicap parking as possible is Ron's bike outside the diner. So everyone has to walk past it. And Ron is kind of sitting in a booth that lets him look at who's coming in. And also he's paranoid about his bike. So he's just planted himself in a booth and he's having like two Dungeness crabs that he's just working over it with his huge biker hands (laughs) sitting there eavesdropping to see if anyone has a busted bike or anything like that. So you've got these two Dungeness Crab Melts and Griselda, who is the co-owner of the Crab Pot, along with Javier, her husband, Mm -hmm. swings by and says, are you enjoying the the sandwiches, dear? Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) This is great. Can I freshen your soda? Absolutely. Thank you. What's Ron drinking? What's his beverage of choice? Ron is drinking a Dr. Pepper. All right. Not a sponsor. Um, <laughs> if only. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Griselda refills your your Dr. Pepper and she hurries off. The crab pot is the busiest you have ever seen it. Every table is full. The bar is full. And people are just standing in the entry area waiting to get a table. And I think there's a line outside. This is not the only, but definitely the most popular and the best restaurant in town. Mm-hmm. Lydia, who manages the Motel 6, and Bob, who runs the Belmont, don't agree on much. But they both agree that their recommendation to anyone who's visiting is the Crab Pot Diner. So it is packed. There's a few regulars, but it's also just a lot of, of tourists. And I think as you are enjoying your meal, you hear a low rumble outside, the sound of a motorbike pulling up. What you see, I assume you are eagerly looking out the window at this new arrival. Absolutely. (laughs) Uh, What you see is a very, very nice bike, all polished chrome and lacquered red. And it pulls right up beside yours and just kind of like squeezes in in the space And the man who is driving it steps off, undoes his helmet, and you can see he's a young man, mid-20s. He has a very baby-faced but handsome demeanor, long, sandy brown hair that is tied back in a loose bun, which he undoes and lets flow as he takes off his helmet. And he starts to make his way inside. Is he by himself or does he have like a crew with him? He's by himself. 
Okay. And is it nicer than mine? There's some subjectivity in how nice a bike <laughs> is, but it easily rivals yours. Oh, well, that's not going to stand. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do? I'm going to finish up my meal because it's really crowded. I don't want to take away this booth when they could like sit four people here. Yeah, you're getting some dirty looks. From Griselda, mostly. <laughs> oh, no. Griselda loves you. Yeah, but the kids standing in line. Oh, yeah, know. yeah. The like families and stuff that are, are waiting, yeah. they're definitely shooting you dirty looks. I leave a nice tip for Griselda. I'm trying my best to look like I'm kind of bored and not really too concerned. And I, I walk up to the guy. I go, man, that's a nice bike. Do you make that? Hey, thank you. Yeah. You know, it's kind of my, my side project. Been working on it for a little while now. Wow. Do you make bikes? I fiddle around a little bit, you know. I, I'd like to tinker in my spare time. You uh, oh. you an enthusiast? I'm the bike next to yours, and uh, oh. I, I flip out a business card. You have any trouble this weekend or need some stuff, you can uh, look me up. But, uh, man, never seen a wheel that big before. That's yeah amazing thank you <laughs> handle real well oh like a dream ron like a dream and he flips his hair i really hate this guy already <laughs> <laughs> i'm uh i'm townsend it's nice to meet you nice to meet you shake hands it's a friendly shake you live around here ron forever <laughs> i kind of half laugh half make a sad sound when I say that. Uh, yeah, kind of a local. So, you know, this is a good place to be for uh, Labor Day weekend. You're going to enjoy it. And you're going to enjoy this place if you've never been here for a meal. I highly recommend the crab melts. Hmm. Really good. Thank you, Ron. What else do you like about this town? Tell me a little bit about it. What do I like? Yeah. What's good here? Mm, weather's nice. People are nice. You just got to like small towns. That's the thing about this place. Maybe you'll want to stay forever. Hmm. I kind of laugh, and I'm assuming <laughs> half the people in the diner don't laugh. <laughs> I think it's too loud for anyone to hear your conversation. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think I want to establish that we don't necessarily tell strangers what we all know about the town because we want people to come in. Yeah. So you might find you love it here. It's kind of a change from the big city. You know, I just kind of look around. I mean, look at this place. It's great. Yeah. Nature, all this stuff. Awesome. You like the beach, Ron? Mm, I like riding past the beach. I'm not much of a beach person myself, but uh, hmm. uh, it's pretty nice out here. Well, tell you what, Ron, maybe we can go for a ride tomorrow. That would be cool. I bet your bike can, can keep up. I'll certainly try. He nods and turns to, I think, Javier, who is making the rounds, and says, Good sir, what a what does a guy have to do to get a table around here? And Javier gives his best customer service smile and takes down Townsend's name. <laughs> Don't worry, the wait will be worth it. Thank you, Ron. You know, I really appreciate your your guidance here. Sure, not a problem. I don't want to keep you. You have a really nice and pleasant evening. Keep it mellow. You too. Thanks. I just wave goodbye. I hop onto my bike and I make sure I make a really big scene <laughs> of putting the helmet on slowly, perhaps revving the engine way too loud, much much more so than Griselda would like, and then take <laughs> off down the road. Excellent. William, it's later in the evening now. Where do you go after your pitch in the Belmont? 
I think after a couple drinks in, William has stepped out for a cigarette and is just walking the edge of the beach that is just outside of the Belmont Hotel and just kind of taking in that sea breeze. You are enjoying this nice walk and you are interrupted by the sound of loud cheering and guffawing from down the embankment where you can see a group of folks have a a small beach fire going and they're gathered around it, carousing, drinking. I think that William will walk down that way, not directly to join the group, but just to listen in. He's not one for all of the tourists, but also he knows that any connections that he can get that are outside of this town could be to his benefit. So he will kind of walk down that way. You get a little bit closer. The revelers are the same group that we collectively saw earlier, speaking to Abigail, the college kids. They're not really talking about anything in particular, nothing substantive. They appear to be just having a good time playing some drinking games. William's just going to pass by. He's just going to just continue to walk down that beach, see if there's anything else going on. He obviously wouldn't really fit in with a bunch of uh, college (laughs) drinking games. You catch a few snippets of their conversations like, oh man, this town is so cool. It's great. Like this beach is awesome. I can't wait to get some jet skiing in tomorrow. As long as that stand is open. What a time to be alive. He just shouts back. He's like, this town's overrated. Enjoy your weekend. Get the hell out. Trust me. Hey, Mellow, man. We're just trying to have a good time. By all means, have a good time. But this city ain't worth anything more than a weekend. That's all I'm saying. They just go back to their own conversation. I think you get a little further down the beach and you see another figure walking towards town. They have a kind of a light, lithe frame, a little bit lanky. And as you get closer, you recognize Friday. Friday recently moved to Wental Trap to take the long, long vacant lighthouse keeper position. They are, uh, Friday uses they, them pronouns. They're in their very early 20s, maybe late teens. They never gave you an age. Kind of just a, a wayward youth striking out on their, their own adventure, and they decided to take this lighthouse keeper job. They have no qualification for it, but the sheriff has been unable to fill the position for decades. Uh, and so w- when they offered, they got it. And Friday is walking up towards you, and they say, Hey, William, what's going on? Uh, hey, Friday. Uh, you know, just the usual... Well, I guess you wouldn't know. You hadn't been here long enough. Uh, the The... It's just, you know, a busy night in town. Figured I'd get away to something a little bit quieter, just kind of clear my head a little bit. Uh, How's that lighthouse working out for you? It's pretty great. Figuring out how everything works. There's all these strange, like, nooks and crannies in there. It's just really fascinating. I'm I'm learning a lot. And Wendell Trap is great. It's such a nice, quiet town. Uh, Sometimes too quiet. I mean, a kid like you, as young as you, you have so much possibility out in the world. Why... Why come here? No, there's so much fakeness out in the world. This Wendell Trap, it's it's real. There's an actual community here. I mean, you've you've gone out in the big city. That doesn't exist out there. There's a reason it doesn't exist out there, Friday. There's nothing to grow from. There's nothing to there's no excitement. It's the day in, day out doldrums that's just as predictable as the tides. Maybe you're right, William, but I'm gonna give it a try. Can't knock someone for trying. And hey, that's hey, that's all. I if it doesn't work, I'll just leave. <laughs> well, you can try. You're not the first person who said that to me, William. It's not the first time I've tried to get out of here either. 
But something about this place just tends to pull me right back into it. Hmm. Maybe the comfort isn't so bad, William. Hey, tell you what, I'm going to hit up karaoke at the Crab Pot. You want to join me? You know what? Why not? Friday, let's go. All right. And the two of you head back. Abigail, later in the evening, where do we find you? I think I probably went like home. <laughs> it's been a long day. There's been a lot of tourists. So I'm just probably sitting at home with a nice glass of wine and checking the clock to make sure uh, Jamie comes home on time. So <laughs> that's about it. So you're relaxing at home and I think you hear your phone ring. I answer it. Abigail, Sheriff Keen. Oh, Hi. How are you this evening? I'm exhausted. These tourists are going to drive me nuts. Labor Day weekend getting you down? Yeah, I'm just, I'm looking forward to the end of it. Well, I was wondering if you were interested in grabbing a drink, unwinding. It's been a long week for me. I kind of checked my watch. What time about is it? Oh, it's like eight o'clock. I got a little while before Jamie gets home. All right. Yeah, I could, I could use a friendly drink. I've only had one wine tonight, so I should be all right. <laughs> Don't worry, if things get too wild, I'll just call one of the deputies to make sure they get us a ride home. I'm sure they would appreciate that. Well, they're not doing anything else right now, so <laughs> as long as these tourists yeah. stay in hand. Uh, I keep an eye. There's a group of little little college boys out there that are making problems, so. We will keep an eye on them for sure. Don't worry. Well, you want to go to the Crab Pot? I guess we could hit up the Belmont if you'd prefer. Let's hit up the Belmont. Jamie's hanging out with Claire. I don't want to pry too much, you know? Of course. I'll meet you there. See you there. Smash cut to the Belmont. The small bar is still pretty overwhelmed. The folks from the yoga retreat are pretty much taking up most of the seats at the Belmont, discussing the the nose on the wine and talking about the meditations that they're going to be doing. So the relatively small bar seems even smaller than usual as you and Kate Keene, your friend and the county sheriff, arrive. It's good to see you, Abigail. How are you? It's good to see you, too. I'm just tired. Looking forward to the end of the weekend, you know? You gotta hire somebody to help you out at that stand. It's gotta be tough, just you and and Jamie working there. Well, most of the time it's not a big deal, but I don't know. Maybe I could could get someone else out on these weekends like this. There's gotta be someone's kid who needs to earn a little bit extra cash, right? There's usually someone out there. Oh, well, cheers. Cheers. And I rise like the fruitiest glass of, (laughs) you know, like frozen drink that I could find. One of the people at the bar, they turn to you and say, would you mind just like moving a little, little further down? Your beverage is, it smells really strong. It's a little overpowering for my, my nose. (laughs) I glance at Kate. She rolls her eyes and then turns to this woman and says, no problem, ma'am, we'll she like starts shuffling yeah, yeah. I move, a I few feet away, feet. which is about all that's manageable. I take a deep sniff of it and then uh, just <laughs> stare daggers at the person who was fussing at us. And Kate looks at you and rolls her eyes again and smiles. So, Abigail, seeing anybody lately? No, it's been a couple years. <sighs> I don't know if I'm ready for that yet. I understand. I mean... I start kind of fiddling with the spot where my wedding ring used to be. I mean, I know... I know last time... Like, Kate, can we not talk about this tonight? Yeah, sure. I just... <laughs> I'm tired, you know. I just want to make sure you're doing okay. 
I'm okay. I've got Jamie. How is that little rascal? He's staying out He's of trouble. He's doing all right. He's doing all right. He and Claire are getting pretty close. I'm hmm, watching that, you know. Oh, that's pretty cute. Yeah, it's cute. As you're you're sort of settling into this conversation, I think you hear a little bit of a, a ruckus down the street. Uh, I I ignore it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna drink my drink. I'm just like not my business. <laughs> I glance at Kate to see what she does. She looks and then looks back at you and says, "I'm not on duty right now." No, no, no. You've got a you've got a deputy or something around, right? I'm sure there's one out here somewhere. Probably. She raises her glass once again. Cheers. Think. Ron. Yes. Where did we leave you? Pulling away from the crab pot, making the loudest noise possible. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So Ron has this thing that he does every once in a while. And seeing that it's the start of a big weekend, he figured, why not? He's going to ride as far as he can toward the edge of town just to see how far he can get. He seems to think that if he does this often enough that an inch here, an inch there, eventually he'll be able to get farther. So he's just going to head out on this on this ride to see how far he can get. It's getting dark as you peel out of town mm-hmm. and you just barely reach the gas shack, which is kind of the first stop on your way into town or the last stop coming out of it. It's a pretty dilapidated looking shack Mm -hmm. where two gas pumps have been added by the owner proprietor resident old man jed Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so you you cross by the the gas shack i think there's a few people who are filling up there and just as you're passing the gas shack you hear a loud crack okay and we're gonna actually do a roll here yay i know this is a role-playing game We do roll occasionally. (laughs) So as you are driving, you notice that falling right in front of you is a massive pine tree. So to avoid this tree, you're going to start with 1d6 in your base pool. Yes. Is there anything about your character that you think fits the concept of dodging trees on a motorbike? I would assume that he's dodged a lot of things on his bike. So it wouldn't be the first time he's had to do it. So go ahead and add another d6. And then does your need, want, or secret play into this at all? It has to do with his want to be with Liz. Okay. Uh, So you'll add one more D6. You will also subtract one because you are being opposed by the town's need, want, or secret. So you will roll 2D6. And then just give you the total? So whenever you roll a pool, as long as one of your dice is a five or a six, you succeed. Got you. I got a five. Tell me how it looks as you avoid this tree. So Ron hears the snap and the camera's really close to his face and you see one eyebrow go up and the tree falls and then Ron basically flips the bike to the side and it slides all the way down leaving a huge tire mark and he just kind of looks at the tree, shakes his head and he mutters to himself, I guess not tonight and he just spins the bike around and heads back into town. And as you head back in, you see standing on the porch of the gas shack, looking out at Mm. you as you peel off from this fallen pine tree, old man Jed. Is he looking like shaking his head or... or, He's just staring at you as you drive away. I'm going to pull over and I'm going to call the local sheriff. Are you calling the sheriff's office or it's not unreasonable that I think you would actually have Kate's cell phone number? (laughs) Really? (laughs) 
Oh, okay. Whale Trap is a small town. I have Kate's direct number, so I'm dialing Kate. I actually have her on speed dial, so <laughs> I'm just waiting for her to pick up. Back at the Belmont, we see Kate and Abigail enjoying their drinks, and Kate's cell phone rings, and she answers it. Sheriff Keen, who is this? Hey, Sheriff. It's Ron. How are you? I'm doing fine, Ron. I'm really sorry to bother you, but just thought I'd let you know that uh, I was out for a ride, and uh, a tree fell down on the road, so you might want to get someone out here to, uh, you know, remove it. Oh, goodness, Ron. Are you... Really? What? Really? Okay. I didn't have anything to do with this. All right, all right. I'll be out there soon. Thanks, Ron. Thanks, Kate. Have a good one. Sorry to interrupt your Friday. Drive safe. And uh, back at the Belmont. What was that about? Duty calls. Down tree out on the main road. All right. (laughs) I'll get a ride back from someone. Good to see you, Abigail. Take care. Yeah, good to see you too. William. Yes. We find you and Friday at the Crab Pot. I think karaoke is in full swing. Friday, immediately upon arriving, signs up to do karaoke. Do you join them? Uh, what song? Ooh, <laughs> good question. Good question. Uh, All the single ladies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, actually. So I guess it would ultimately come down to what kind of, what vibe that William gets from Friday. Like, is it just strictly a friendly or does there seem like there would be something more to it? I think they look up to you a bit because you're a little bit older and they think you're kind of cool, but you don't get a a vibe like they're into you. Okay. Uh, In that case, no, I don't think that William would sign up, but he would definitely grab a round of drinks to share a drink with Friday, as well as then to be close enough to cheer them on as they are doing the karaoke. So it takes a little while for Friday's turn to, to come up. Is there anything you do just while you're waiting? Okay, I think I would have a conversation with Friday, basically asking them, you know, about the lighthouse itself. Friday, you mentioned, you know, you're getting along really well with the lighthouse. And what was that that you were saying about some nooks and crannies and stuff like that? I I don't think I've ever heard any stories like that about it. You know, it's a, it's a pretty old building. Lots of different rooms, lots of floorboards that are loose. Most of them don't have anything in there, but it's been fun to fun to explore. Huh. William breathes a sigh of relief at that. So, you know, how's Friday? <laughs> like, he's the worst at trying to make small talk. <laughs> if he's not asking for something specifically, he has no idea how to lead the conversation. Yeah, yeah. Friday senses this, and uh, they launch into like a, a long discussion about what they've learned about how to work the lighthouse, which I'm not going to repeat both because I don't know how to work a lighthouse and because I don't think it's good audio. Um, but they, they spend like 20 minutes explaining the intricacies of lighthouse mechanics to you and like what they've learned and the, the tips and tricks that they've picked up until their song comes on and they go up and do a rousing rendition of Single Ladies. By the way, Quinn, I think I would probably, not really knowing who to bring me back home, I'd probably walk, wander over to the crab pot just to, I'll just wait until karaoke's over, you know? Okay, yeah. You know, it's probably like 8.45. It's it's getting close to, you know, when karaoke is supposed to end and Crab Pot more or less shuts down minus last call. And so I think you arrive just as Friday is finishing up their performance. Um, and you can see Claire and Jamie sitting in a, a booth over in the corner and they're, you know, laughing and talking. Oh, what the heck? I'll, I'll go join them. 
when Jamie sees you, he gives you just the smallest dirty look. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, mom. I give him the smallest wink. (laughs) Hi, Jamie. (laughs) He gives you a slightly dirtier look. (laughs) (laughs) Claire turns to you. Hey, Miss Blake, how are you? I'm good. I was just out with Kate, but uh, she had to go deal with something out of town. So oh, figured I'd come over and see how you guys are doing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm glad you could join us. Uh, and she gives you like a hug. I give her like a little little around the shoulder hug. Ron, do you want in on the scene too? Actually, I will be entering the crab pot as there's nothing else open. <laughs> um, <laughs> where else am I going to go? Small time. Uh, I'm going to try to fry out a... Uh, empty spot at the bar just to have a cup of coffee. I don't know if there's a spot, but Griselda hooks you up with a cup of coffee that you can drink while you're standing. That sounds good too. I'll just stand near the coat rack in the back. Yeah. I also think you see Townsend sitting at the other end of the bar. Ah. And he's sipping on a a glass of red wine, I think, and watching the karaoke (laughs) with like raptured amusement at just just everyone singing. Like Mm. he is, he's super into it. So I think William looks over once Abigail walks in and sees that whole interaction happening. And knowing that he has basically been trying to schmooze over Bob, he wants to make sure that Claire stays happy. So he's going to kind of intercept Abigail. Aww. (laughs) Abigail, hey, how's it going? Oh, hey, how are you? I'm good. You know, there's a whole bunch of tourists here. I'd prefer to not drink with any of them if you want to join the table with Friday and I. I give a quick glance at Jamie. He smiles and says, go ahead, Mom. It's it's cool. Okay. Can, we'll catch up later. All right. I give him a little pat on the shoulder and then I <laughs> smile at Claire and then I walk over with He does like uh, the teen, William. like cat-like, like trying to like shrug out of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I walk over with them. We all sit back down. Yeah. Uh, Abigail, how's the jet ski thing going? Whatever it is that you still do in this town. (laughs) (laughs) It's going well. I've been enjoying to a certain extent. You know, I'm looking forward to the end of the weekend. Yeah, I I think we're all feeling that. At least any of us that have had to deal with it. And I kind of glance over at Friday. I glance at Friday, too. Because William kind of annoys me. <laughs> uh, I think Friday has exactly. uh, picked up another another round of drinks, which is probably the last one before a last call. Uh, it's it's getting pretty close here. And they sit back down. So the thing about lighthouses that nobody understands is... Tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, did you have a specific question for Friday? I did not. No, I just wanted to get Friday ranting about lighthouses again because William's attitude irritates me sometimes, so... Yeah, 100%. Was I was it. basically just bringing in, bringing Abigail over just to yeah. let that play out a little. So the humidity of the cloud cover actually makes a big difference in how far the light can broadcast out. You know, not a lot of people know that, but the difference between uh, 10% humidity and a 20% humidity, which is a pretty common variance here on the Oregon coast, is actually really significant. Like, My eyes just you got to up the... <laughs> <laughs> and that's I all keep nodding until i'm like sober enough to drive properly and i can go grab jamie and leave so actually i kind of want to play out a little bit more of the drama between william and <laughs> abigail with that oh, go ahead and just be like <laughs> go for it and just be like he's basically being quiet not to interrupt friday he just kind of leans over to abigail see what an outside perspective from the city can do when you're willing to learn and grow versus staying stagnant here with 
a little jet ski shop. William, you know I've actually tried to leave, right? We've all tried to leave, but I don't know. You just seem to have embraced the one time you tried. Yeah, well, I'm going to embrace the one time I tried because things didn't go so well last time. You want to try to leave again? You go right on ahead. You see what Every happens. Every chance I get. Every chance I get, I want to try to leave again. All right. Well, you do that. You go out there and you try to make your way in the world and see what happens. For me, I'm fine staying here for now. And I think William just sighs at that and it's like, yeah, it seems that you and everyone else is. And well, unfortunately, it's why nothing's ever going to happen with this town. And don't get me started on the precipitation. No, go ahead. I want to hear about precipitation. Yes, please start. <laughs> Ron, I think at the end of the bar, you see Townsend headed your way. Still here. Ron, let's do some karaoke. This is, this is fascinating. I just, this is lovely. But I found from watching that it just goes way better if you do it with someone else. Ron, will you do karaoke with me? Uh, what is Townsend? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Well, tell you what, why don't you pick one first and then I'll see if I feel like doing it. I think this is our last chance. I, if you come up with me. I look around, I see Abigail, I wave. <laughs> I wave back. All right, fine. <laughs> you, you need to pick. You're the out-of-towner here, so it's only polite. Townsend flips his hair and starts heading up to the stage. I turn to William and nudge him and I'm like, this should be interesting. <laughs> and he flips open the like catalog and picks a song at random, and it is You Shook Me All Night Long by ACDC. <laughs> what? <laughs> he says, yes, this one. That's a strong one. choice to end a night this on. This <laughs> one. Oh, God. All right. Chriselda, could I have some Budweiser, please? <laughs> right away, dear. Of course. Thank you, darling. And Townsend approaches Javier, who is running the karaoke, and slips him a $100 bill. I was afraid of that. <laughs> And Javier looks surprised, and then as the song wraps up, he says, "All right, this is our this is our last song. Everybody, give it up for Townsend and Ron." <laughs> William's applauding way too hard, right? Really enthusiastically. Yep. <laughs> Ron has sunglasses on, and he's kind of like waving at the crowd but it's that it's that kind of wave where it's like stop please everyone stop yeah people are <laughs> people are cheering and oh. townsend uh hops up on stage and grabs the microphone and you shook me all night long starts playing loudly and townsend's reading the lyrics for a moment and it looks like he almost doesn't recognize it for a second and then he starts working it just <laughs> belting it out, <laughs> strutting up and down the stage, like absolutely voguing. Ron is doing air guitar, and he only knows like the chorus. So <laughs> he only starts singing with Townsend when the chorus comes up. But other than that, he's like on his knees doing an air guitar thing. I start cheering in earnest. People are, are singing along and cheering. It's mostly the tourists. But it gets absolutely bonkers. People are like cheering and screaming and like a glass gets knocked over and the whole thing is just getting like like a kind of wild atmosphere. Does anyone Woo! want to do anything while the song is happening? I'm getting into it. I'm enjoying this. 
Yeah, I think William's just vamping up the crowd to <laughs> to keep the energy going even even bigger and better. He's enjoying the chaos of this. Towards the end of the song, Townsend starts gyrating his hips and like getting super like Angus Young on stage to the point where I think some of the locals are kind of uncomfortable. <laughs> like the crab pot is a, a family establishment, and this is maybe getting a little body for Wental Trap. But then the song ends. He steps down from the stage, and uh, there's a like crowd of tourists are like shaking his hand and clapping him on the back. And Javier takes the microphone and says, "That was a performance, all right. Uh, this last call. That's that's the end of karaoke. Everyone have a good, safe evening and a happy Labor Day." I walk over to Ron and just clap him on the back, and I'm like, "I didn't know you had it in you." Neither did I. I want to die right now. <laughs> Uh, you remind me of being <sighs> in college. How are you, Abigail? <sighs> Good. Ready for the weekend to be over. Me too. How's Jamie? He's doing good. I glance over at Jamie and Claire. They're both blushing a little bit. <laughs> stop. And, and as soon as you glance, I say, stop looking at your son. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so much fun. No, come on. You know what that's like for us. I do. I remember. He needs to go through the same things. We just need to practice being very, very small. <laughs> I know what's going on, and you know what's going on. Yeah, we but should at least give yet? him this. It'll be fine. Jamie's a good <laughs> kid. He's a good kid, but it is going to be past his bedtime soon. So I am uh. going to go collect him, and uh, I will see you in the morning, Ron. That was extremely entertaining. I hope everyone has forgotten it by the morning. <laughs> I know I won't have. I'm going to go collect uh, collect Jamie and head on home since uh, karaoke night is over. And I wave, I wave to Abigail and I, I wave to Jamie. <laughs> so yeah, you, you pick up Jamie and start heading home. William, anything else you get up to this evening? I think William just heads back to the Belmont. He's pretty much done for the evening. He's gotten a little bit of excitement. As you come in, you see a, a weary... Bob Shelton, working on some paperwork at his desk in the office. William, good to see you. Oh, hi, Bob. And I'll walk over, plop down in a chair next to him. Oh, busy weekend. Yeah. Were you out at the, the Crab Pot Diner? Yeah. I mean, it's the only thing really to do out here. I meant to make my way over there, but, you know, just got a bit busy here. How was it? Honestly, as expected, although uh, it seemed to have some visitor who likes to be the center of attention. Um he definitely livened the place up. You, you missed out. That's good to hear. You know, liveliness is good for business. Exactly. <laughs> well, William, I think I'm going to take my leave, but try to keep a, a low profile this weekend, if you don't mind. You know, just with, with all the guests. Would hate to have anyone not have a good time while they're here. What's that supposed to mean, Bob? Oh, just you have your, your, your notions and your, your schemes and... Just don't want any of the guests to feel pressured to to invest in some novel plan you have. I think uh, William will just kind of raise an eyebrow to that. Um, I'm sorry, schemes? Oh, you know, you're- Novel? Really? We've had this conversation plenty of times. Nothing ever happens around here. We could make so much- We could do so much better for ourselves if we take those chances. We have all of these tourists coming into town. It's not like they really have seen what's gone on here. They get to leave on a whim and return to their wonderful little lives. But I don't know. It just feels like we're stuck here, just spinning tires. 
I know you don't like it here, but Wendeltrap is a lovely little town. Of course we can make it better, but let's not ruin this good time for the tourists. Let's just, you know, it's it's an important industry for our little town. Let's make sure they have a, a good time while they're here. All right, Bob. I guess I guess you're right. I mean, obviously they're coming to see you, so you got to be right about something. All right. I'll have a good night, William. Yeah, you too. At some point in the night, William, I think you are awakened to the sound of music coming from somewhere in town. Okay, I will head over to the window, open it up, and see if I can figure out which direction it's coming from. Down the street, you can see the crab pot. The lights are on, although the shades are drawn, so it's just little blades of light escaping. And you can hear music coming from the crab pot. And I'll check my watch. Like, kind of what time is it in the middle of the night? About 2.45 in the morning. Huh. William just kind of looks very confused as he runs over, grabs a jacket, and decides to check this out. This is definitely not normal. Yeah. The crab pot is not open at 2.45 in the morning. Yeah. Nothing is open at 2.45 in the morning. (laughs) No, I think he still would have been there if it was. <laughs> so all of Wenteltrap is dark and quiet as you make your way. It's only a few blocks to the crab pot. And you arrive, and for all the world, it sounds like karaoke is still happening. And does it sound like it's a whole crowd singing along? Yeah. And not just one person? Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, William will walk up and try the front door. It is unlocked, and as you swing open the door, all of the lights go out. The music stops, and inside it is completely dark and quiet. But the whole place looks like it has been absolutely trashed. Tables are overturned, liquor has been spilled, there's broken bottles. It looks like someone not ransacked the place, but just destroyed it almost. I'm assuming worse than what we had left. Oh yeah. There had been a bit of bad behavior, but this is okay. a whole different level. And I think that William, he'll go start walking into the crab pot and flip on a light. Just kind of look around a little bit. You flip on the light. It's, as described, a bit of a wreck. Like spilled drinks, broken dishware, bits of food that look like they've been kind of scattered around. It looks like someone vomited in the corner. It looks like there was a kind of a wild party here. William's basically going to keep looking around, maybe head to like where the back door is, see if that's still locked and everything, or if he could find where anyone who was inside here could have ran out from, or any trace of them still being here. All the doors are still locked. The back door, I think, is the only other one, so you know that both of them were locked. All the windows are intact. There's no sign that anyone forced their way in here. Huh. All right, and I think at that point, William... Thoroughly confused at this point, we'll just shrug it off and be like, okay, well, it's not my establishment, so I guess I'm done here, and make sure the door's shut behind him as he heads back to the Belmont. You turn off the lights, and you go to close the front door, and when you do, you see written on it in red lipstick the words, you shook me all night long. (laughs) William will look back towards the karaoke dark and empty and a chill will pass over him as he doesn't acknowledge it like he's mentally logging this but he's just gonna leave and that concludes our 
Friday night. It is a bright and sunny Saturday morning. Ron, where do we find you on Saturday morning? He is opening his shop and hoping for people to show up, motorcycle people looking for t-shirts or jackets, and he's mostly hoping for people with broken down bikes to show up. So he's just going to basically be there from like nine to five today. So do you also sell like knickknacks, like tourist paraphernalia? Yeah, like t-shirts that say things like, um... I went to Wendell Trap and all I got was this t-shirt. Exactly. <laughs> and my friends only got me this t-shirt. Yeah. Stuff like that. Or like, I got trapped in Wendell Trap and there's like a crab pot. Yeah, and there's like a crab with his arm like <laughs> out of the pot, trying to get out of the pot. That kind of thing. Oh, I love there's it. There's some lighthouse t-shirts, that kind of stuff. So I think it's a slow start to the day. There's one heavyset man with like a bushy beard, it's a little graying, who who comes in, who's got some sort of problem with his bike and asks you to take a look. But as you're working on that, you're starting to get some more people, just people who are, are walking by, mm-hmm. starting to peruse all the, the knickknacks and stuff. But you've got one person who needs their bike fixed up. Okay. I'll just take his bike into my garage and I'll I'll give it a once over and I'll tell him, you know what? Why don't you come back after lunch? I should probably have it uh, fixed up by then. Thank you. I appreciate you taking a look at this thing. I, you know, I got to get back on the road. I understand. We'll get you out of here as soon as I can. Thanks, Ron. Sure. So you're working on this this bike. And I think, you know, sometimes some of the customers like ask you to ring things up, ask you to take care of things. Mm-hmm. So you're interrupted occasionally. And then as you're getting ready to finish up, you hear, Ron, hey, what's going on? Oh, it's the rock star. Hey. How you doing? Thanks. Karaoke was a blast last night. That was great. <laughs> Good recommendation. And Townsend your- runs his hand through his hair. <laughs> <laughs> is it is it shiny when he does that? Oh, it is luscious. <laughs> So, still here for the weekend? Oh, yeah. A whole weekend for sure. Just uh, looking to enjoy this town. It's a beautiful place. You know, I got in a little late at night and didn't get to really soak it all in. I was thinking of walking down to the beach. You uh, you want to join me? I can't. I got to fix some guy's bike and uh, I got a shop to run. I can meet you when the shop closes like around five, though. Do you really Do you need this, sh- this shop? You just, like, put up a clothes sign? Come on, Ron, we're looking to have a little bit of fun here. I gotta fix this guy's bike. I really, really gotta fix this guy's bike. That would not be cool. Tell you what, I'll be done with this guy's bike, like, around 1 o'clock. I'll meet you at the beach around just a little after 1. Yeah, that sounds okay. All right, perfect. Townsend walks out, and as he leaves, you notice that everyone in the shop is staring at you. Like, is it the kind of stare that they can't believe what I'm doing. They look almost a little frustrated with you, or maybe even mad. Huh. That's interesting. But then they just kind of stop and go back to milling about. Is that look directed at me, or is the look directed at Townsend? It's directed at you. Huh. They don't seem to notice as Townsend leaves. Okay. (laughs) Interesting. (laughs) Abigail. Hi. Where do we find you this, uh, this late morning? I got there early to open up my shop, and I've just been there. I think I probably let Jamie sleep in a little bit because it was 
pretty late and everything was pretty busy yesterday. So he's probably just getting there. There's quite a few folks lined up to rent jet skis. The group of college kids is back. Some boomers and their kids are lined up. There's a large group ready to rent from you. Yep. I'm just uh, wheeling them in and getting them out. The, uh, the jet skis. One of the college kids uh, who you're you're getting set up is like, all right, so so like, how fast do you think this thing can go? Well, these cap out at about mm, 50 miles an hour. Really? It feels a lot faster, though. Oh, man. <laughs> you sure we can't like goose it to go any faster? I want to get some real speed on this thing. You can try. <sighs> all right. Well, fine. We'll, we'll still have a good time. We're going to have a good time here. Trust me, that feels like a lot out on the water. I'm just getting them to give me their credit card and get them out of my hair. The next person in line is one of the boomers with their kids, and you see a teenage girl chatting up uh, Jamie. Oh, I look at Jamie and just see how he, how he's dealing with that. Uh, he's not even looking at you. Like they're having like a <laughs> what appears to be like a really nice conversation. Okay. The dad's like, "All right, so what's the details? Like, when do we need to have this back by? Like, any anything I need to know about using these things?" Well, the main thing you need to know is that it doesn't turn if you aren't putting any pressure on it. If you're about to run into something, you don't want to pull off the throttle because you're just going to run right into it. Mm, And uh, if you bail off, though, it'll go ahead and stop as long as you've got little thing attached to your life vest. So you'll be totally fine. The rental is for two hours. So, okay. I know a lot about jet skis. (laughs) (laughs) I'm very impressed. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I am one of the few people who's flipped one before. Oh, wow. I recommend it. (laughs) And I mean, like, you know, if we bring it back in like three, I'm sure that's that's fine. Right. No, I'll charge you more for it. Wait, what? Big smile. No, uh, come period. on. You, if you want to go ahead and pay for three hours now, you're welcome to. We'll see. We'll see. Okay. I have your credit card on file. Have a nice day. And Jamie tugs on your arm and says, Mom, could I like maybe get out early? To I know I, I came here early, but do you think I could I could maybe like get out of work early? Uh, Alice invited me to, to go hang out with, with her later. I... And he gives you like a pleading smile. Yeah, I know. I really need your help today. Mom! Mom, this is really Mom, this is really important to me. I'll let you out an hour early. All right? <sighs> Fine. God. Okay. Now go get the bumper stuck on that one, will you? Okay. Alice, I'll see you later. <laughs> and she, like, smiles and, and waves at him. Yeah. William, where do we find you this morning? William has woken up a little bit later than planned. He's still groggy now after the interruption from the night prior, and he's heading down to the crab pot. You make your way down the street to the crab pot, and you head inside. Griselda smiles at you warmly and says, Hello, William. Can I offer you a a coffee? Are you interested in some breakfast? What can I do for you? Oh, black coffee would be amazing, Griselda. All right, take a seat anywhere. I'll just sit up at the bar where she's where she's working at. You step inside and the crab pot looks fine. Like it looks what? completely normal. Um and Griselda pours you a cup of coffee and hands you a menu and says, "Just let me know if you decide you want any food." Okay. Um uh, hey Griselda, mm-hmm. did anything happen here last night or was anything off when you came in this morning? Oh, well, some wild out-of-towner did a a pretty raucous rendition of um, some heavy metal song, but other than that, it was lots of people, uh, lots of tourists. No, no, no. After that, like, when you came in this morning, everything was normal? I'm not quite sure what you're, what you're on about, William. Things were fine in here. Uh, you know what? Maybe, I don't know. Maybe it was a dream or something. Uh, 
I, I could have sworn last night, I it sounded like there was a party at like two in the morning, three in the morning here. A party? Yeah, I came down to kind of look to see what was going on. And like this place, it looked like it was trashed and... Oh. Huh. He just kind of looks around to see that everything is still in order and pristine. And he's just... You know what, Griselda? Maybe it was just a dream. I don't know. It was weird. It's okay, dear. Long day for everybody. Here, have an extra. And she fills your cup back up. And then I think he's going to leave to the restroom and splash some water in his face. You go and freshen up. And when you get back, you see Friday at the bar. And they uh, they wave at you. All right, I'll grab my coffee and sit next to them. William! Hey, what's uh, what's going on? Hey, Friday. Um, Not a whole lot, I guess. I, I think I'm just a little stressed with everything going on, but... Well, hey, listen... <sighs> last, night, last night was weird. Yeah, things got a, a little little out of control here. But hey, since we were talking about lighthouses, and you're so curious about the lighthouse, I found something last night, actually. I thought, you know, maybe you'd be interested in, in seeing it. Some old journal from one of the lighthouse keepers? You know, I kept talking about those, those floorboards. Well, found another loose one last night when I was coming home, and I found this this under there. You want to look through it? And I think William hesitates some of it, and just like, uh, yeah, yeah, let's see. Uh, do you know whose journal it was? Friday opens the journal, and in the, the front, it says, property of Leonard Pike. Uh, and you know that Leonard Pike was the last lighthouse keeper. I think I mentioned it's been quite some time since they, they had one. Huh. That's real interesting, Friday. Uh, have you read through it yet? No, I haven't looked through it yet. I thought maybe we could do it together. You were so curious about the lighthouse. Mm, yeah, yeah. You know what? I think that's a great idea, Friday. Great. Griselda, can I do like a crab benedict? <laughs> no problem, dear. Coming right up. I want a coffee. And they start flipping through the pages of the journal. Let's jump back to Ron. Hello. Ron, you finished up uh, working on the bike. The flow of people in your shop has mostly died down. Okay. What do you do? First thing I do is I walk out front and put on the closed sign. Mm -hmm. And then I walk to the back and I grab some beers and I head down to the beach to meet Townsend. You head down to the beach. It is busy. It is a busy beach. There are a ton of people hanging out down there. There's beach volleyball set up, a uh, little Top Gun action. There's a lot of families there. There's kids like tearing through the sand up and down the beach. It's a scene. But after some time, you do find Townsend sitting under a beach umbrella, just kind of soaking it all up. Hey, Ron, I'm, I'm glad you decided to, to come. I thought maybe you wouldn't. Uh, yeah, it's a good idea. Wasn't much business. That kind of figures. Everyone's here. You were right. The beach is the spot. It's definitely one of the highlights of the weekend. Everybody wants to be here, including people that don't live here. So it's just kind of the place where we all go to hang out and have a good time good to beat the heat. Absolutely. Hey, uh, beer. Oh yeah. Thank you. Appreciate it. You're welcome. And he cracks open a beer, leans back in his beach chair, pull up a seat, Ron. Let's let's chat. Tell me about yourself. What makes Ron tick? There's not much. Born here, probably gonna die here. Ah, <sighs> just one of the many people that live here at Wendell Trap. What are you doing here anyway? You seem like a big city guy. I'm more of a wandering soul, Ron. I like to soak up the world. 
Mm. Weddle Trap's been on my list for a long time. Yeah, you know, I'd like to leave this place. It's kind of hard, though. Gets under your skin. I think he stands up, gets out from the umbrella, and kind of puts his arms out and just takes in the sun. Why would you want to leave a place like this, Ron? It seems great. If you find the right person, you would definitely want to do anything for them, right? Including leave a place. Do you have a special someone, Ron? Yeah, Liz. She lives uh, in the big city north of here. She doesn't visit you, Ron? She doesn't like this place. I've been trying to convince her to come down here, but it's difficult. Townsend puts a a hand on your shoulder and like gives you a a reassuring pat. I am sorry to hear that, Ron. Uh, I hope it works out for you, too. You seem like a, a good guy. Well, thanks. As you're having this conversation... Out on the water, there are several jet skis cruising back and forth, and Mm -hmm. abruptly you see one of them hit a large wave, fly into the air, and Mm -hmm. dive into the water. (sighs) And you can hear shouting and and screaming. Do I notice this too? Yes. Okay. Are there lifeguards on this beach? Uh, Yeah, I think there is a volunteer lifeguard named Kelsey. <laughs> Wendell Trap is largely an older community, mm-hmm. retirees, but there's some kids, and I think Kelsey is one of the, the teens in the town. And she like pops up from her, her lifeguard tower and starts sprinting out towards the wake. Damn it. <laughs> and I start throwing off my clothes and running toward the beach to help Kelsey out. Okay. I say something very similar and grab one of the jet skis that's left, and I turn to Jamie and say, hold down the fort for me just a second. I'm going to go... Get the jet ski back. Okay, all right. And uh, I hop on you one of our mom. jet skis, and I start riding out there. Abigail, I think you're going to be faster on a jet ski, so you arrive first to see this scene. The jet ski is overturned, uh, and I think you see one person hanging onto it, and another person floating upside down in the water. I lean down and see if I can grab the upside down person. You grab them uh, and pull them there, unmoving. It's one of the college kids. Okay. And you you pull her up onto your jet ski. I'm going to grab her, pull her up onto it, and then immediately drive toward Kelsey, who I can see getting closer. Okay. The other guy's fine. Jet skis float upside down. I think I'm going to have you roll here. You're attempting a, a somewhat difficult thing to like keep this unconscious person on a jet ski while you get back to shore. Okay. So you start with one dice. I think this pretty squarely fits your concept as someone who works regularly with jet skis. Mm-hmm. Does this reinforce your need, want, or secret? No, I don't think so. You're not opposed by the town's need, want, or secret, so go ahead and roll 2d6. I rolled a 4 and a 5. That is a success. Sweet. So you've got this uh, young woman on the back of your jet ski, and you deftly maneuver through the waves until you are back at shore. And Kelsey, I think, takes this woman and starts delivering CPR. It's tense, I think, for a good 30 seconds, and it's a long 30 seconds. But this woman starts hacking and coughing up water, and with a loud exhalation, shouts, Oh my god, that was awesome! I'm all, I didn't even stay there for this. I'm actually just going to go. I've gotten this other guy to just like hang on to my jet ski. And then I'm using like leverage on the back of it to flip the other one over. Okay. Ron, what are you doing? Seeing that Abigail is getting her customers to safely. I'm going to try to recover the jet ski for you. Yeah. So as soon as he's over there, I'm just like, okay, I want you to just kind of put your knee right here. And we're just going to grab the edge. We're just going to flip it over. <sighs> You're the boss. You just say when. 
yeah, when? <laughs> and then <laughs> flip. flip. And then uh, I just grab a strap that I've got on the back of this one and hitch it up to my jet ski and then tow me and Ron and this other guy back to shore. <laughs> All right. So you've got this this jet ski caravan and yeah, uh, <laughs> you, you arrive back at shore. Uh, you see the woman who you saved is like giving Kelsey a big hug <laughs> and she shouts, my hero. And then she runs down the beach to where her like the rest of her group is and her friends. And the guy who you're you're towing with you, you can see he's got like kind of a, a nasty cut on his face. It looks like he's he slammed into the jet ski, um, but he looks up <laughs> there, at the that. two of you, and he's like, "That was gnarly." Uh, oh, shut up! <laughs> I immediately start like berating them because I told them do not get too close to the beach because you're gonna get flipped over by the waves, and I told you to stay out where there aren't as many waves. And I'm just I'm just ripping into these two. He's like, hey, Mello, we're just trying to have a good time. If I ever see you at my jet ski rental again, whoa, I'm going to call uh, the cops. Hey, whoa, whoa. And then I, I turn around and I take my jet ski back. And now that everyone is safely on the shore. Nobody knows how to have fun here. And uh, he walks away. I've just come back in a huff. Jamie, Jamie is probably like diving for cover because he does not want to get mom's wrath right now. Yeah, mom's mad. Everyone's hiding. Yeah, Jamie's just trying to like stay out of the way for sure. It's fine. I'm just gonna keep taking people's credit cards and ignoring what's going on back there. <laughs> William. Yeah. The journal is not particularly interesting by and large. I think you are sort of slowly making your way through it. Friday thinks it's interesting. Of course they do. But obviously, <laughs> uh, they're they're more attuned with the mechanics of a lighthouse. But you're getting towards the end of the journal. I think that all continued kind of flipping through towards the end. You reach the last entry, and it's a short one. It's a note from Leonard, Leonard Pike, noting that there seem to be a lot of people in Wendell Trap, uh, which is unusual, and a lot of folks from out of town. And he has offered lodging to a young man named Bill Moxley. And I think I will try to shut the journal, just be like, huh, okay. I'm playing this off. Yeah. Give me a roll. Okay. <laughs> you start with one. Does trying to play this off and play it cool fit your concept as a character? Oh, that's tough to say. Um, because it's tied in with uh, my secret. You definitely get a How bonus dice for, yeah. for reinforcing your need, want, or secret. Okay. I would buy that this reinforces your character concept. Okay. And you're not going to be opposed by the town's need one or secret here. So okay. go ahead and roll 3d6. Uh, one, two, and a four. That is not a success. So I think you try to shut this journal, but Friday has their hand on it as well. And when you go to shut it, they kind of pull it away from you. And they're like, wait, does that say Bill Moxley? Yeah, yeah, it does. Is that someone related to you? Um... Yeah, that's my grandfather. That's who I'm named after. Oh, that's wild. So your grandfather knew the old lighthouse keeper? Seems so, yeah. I mean, this is interesting. I'm going to go back and look through the lighthouse more. It seems like there's more to it. Do you want to join me? Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know what? Why not? Great. Come by now if you want. William will finish his coffee and be like, yeah, I guess uh, no time like the present. You and Friday set off towards the lighthouse. We're going to jump ahead a little bit. I think it's getting towards evening, towards nighttime now. It's been a long kind of hectic day at the beach. 
Abigail, I think you're you're wrapping up. Jamie took off a little bit early, uh, as promised. He's going to go see Alice, the daughter of one of the families that's visiting. Mm-hmm. And the town is kind of quiet, comparatively speaking. Like there's still more people than usual, but it's not nearly as as packed at the crab pot or in the streets as it was last night. Ron, Abigail, where do we find you? What are you up to? I think Ron has gone back to his shop. He's just like checking on how much business he did that day before he heads over to the crab pot for dinner. Yeah, you have made about three times more than you usually do. Wait, I have when I shut the shop early? (laughs) Yeah. You moved a lot of merch. I guess all the Windle Trap shirts sold. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Like, your shop looks, like, decimated, basically. That's cool. (laughs) I guess I'm going to get the prime rib special tonight. (laughs) I think I'm actually looking for Ron. Let's just go ahead and say that, uh, Ron, you arrive at the Crab Pot and... Abigail, you pull up shortly thereafter and spot Ron enjoying a nice prime rib. Yeah. <laughs> with some shrimp, because nothing at the crab pot comes without seafood. Of, of course. course. Absolutely. You got us some surf and turf. Honestly, Absolutely. this place sounds like, you know, other than the fact that you can't leave it, it's like, I can live here forever, man. <laughs> it sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> On the surface, Wendell Trap is a lovely town. Yeah. Uh, all right. Yeah. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find Ron. Hey, Ron. Hey, Abigail. How are you? I got a question. Do you know anything about jet ski motors? I cannot figure out what's wrong with it. Any chance maybe you could take a look at it? I know it's not exactly in your, for lack of a better term, wheelhouse, but... For you, I'll look at it. But yeah, to be honest with you, I don't know if I can necessarily fix it, but engine's an engine. Man, those lousy kids. I'm really sorry. I'll go ahead and give her on the keys. I'll try to get this running for you because I know tomorrow will be a big day, right? Honestly, I'm hoping everyone just goes home early. That would be nice. You mind if I join you? I don't really have anything else to do. Jamie's still out playing with some girl he met today. Sure. No problem. Jamie's got another girl? Eh, She won't be here that long. Wow. Yeah, it's good to see him back back to normal a little bit. Yeah. Good for him. I like that kid. He's a good kid. Hey, where's your friend from last night? The rock and roll guy? Yeah, the rock and roll guy. So you did see him. I, did I quit? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I just doubted myself for a second there. I give Ron a weird look and I'm like, Yeah, it's a weird yeah. look. Like, My eyes are fine, Ron. What? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm just like, yeah, he was uh, quite the character. Came into the shop today and while I was talking to him, I got like really strange looks from everyone. I'm assuming it's because people aren't used to seeing all that Hollywood up in here. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Met him down at the beach. Then, you know, the water ski thing happened. He took off after that. I don't know where he went. He's an interesting one. He is interesting. He seems to want to stay here. Uh You might want to put him off that if you can. I'm trying to. Not that we want to keep this a secret, but, you know. But we kind of want to... Just we don't want to, yeah, we don't want other people to we get trapped to here either. Advertise. Exactly. As you're having this conversation, Ron, your phone dings and you have a text message. And I look at my phone. You have a message from Liz. Hey! And it says, Ron, been thinking a lot about us. Want to take the next step. I'm going to come down and see you in Wendell Trap tomorrow. 
I immediately like the message and <laughs> I send back a bunch of hearts and I text back, so excite. <laughs> uh, you get a text back that says, looking forward to it with a smiley, blushy face. I show it to Abigail. Look, I got some great news. Yeah, I see that. Uh, That's great. I'm just like, I know. I don't know if this is great or not, but okay. <laughs> Are you sure that's a good idea? It's a great idea. It'll definitely make being in this place a lot better. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you're probably right. Let's jump to William. William, the sun is setting. You and Friday are back at the lighthouse, and they're walking you through the space where they found the journal. They're just kind of like looking around for like other stuff and talking to you like, yeah, I mean, like this place just seems like it has all sorts of of history, you know, like really interesting hidden secrets. I can't imagine it doesn't have more to tell us. Kind of. He is very distracted just looking around like back through that same floorboard that Friday had found the journal. Mm -hmm. She's like, yeah, apparently a lot of uh, secrets have been kept around this place. Are you like searching around? I think so. Okay. If there is something to find, he wants to find it before Friday does. Yeah. Go ahead and give me a roll. So you start with one. I don't think this particularly fits your concept in any way. No. But it definitely reinforces a need, want, or secret. I don't think you're opposed by the town's need, want, or secret at all. Okay. Oh, one one mechanical reminder, just for everybody. One of the other things you can do is you can sacrifice a need, want, or secret. Just think of it as like burning it out. So like secret is easy. You reveal the secret, but like a need or want you can sacrifice by like deciding that it's basically no longer relevant to your character because of something that happens. And if you do that, you get to roll with an extra dice. So just something to keep in mind. But anyway, I think this is just going to be 2d6. Okay. Uh, That is a pair of threes. Okay. You're both looking around. You're keeping an eye on Friday trying to see if they see anything. Mm -hmm. And I don't think you notice when they spot a loose stone in the brick and they pull out a piece of parchment. They're facing you reading it. And I think you can see there is a stain on the parchment. Friday, what'd you find? They look up at you, crumple the note and stick it back in the wall. Oh, it's, it's nothing. It's just trash. Why would someone hide trash in the wall? Friday, what did you find? Probably unintentional. Okay. Do we want to keep looking around? You know, I'm 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 getting hungry. I think I might head back into town, grab some grab myself some dinner. You wanna come with? Yeah, you know what? We've been we've been at this for a while. Sure. And they start heading down the long spiral staircase down the lighthouse. I'm gonna run back and get the note. As you run back, you hear the sound of faster footfalls. Friday has taken off running. Towards or away? Away from you. Ah, damn it. The note says, I must confess to whatever power there be. I did not mean to kill him, but now that I have, I seem to be cursed. I never meant to stay here, but this town shall be my hearse. Heaven help me. Bill Moxley. And it is stained with blood. William slowly folds the letter, pulls out his money clip, slides the note in between some of the cash, and puts it back in his pocket. Abigail, it is 10 p.m., 
and you have not heard from or seen Jamie. Does J- Jamie would have a cell phone, right? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to call his cell phone. It goes directly to voicemail. Don't like that. I call again. Again, to voicemail. Okay. The second time, I probably leave like a message that says, hey, if you could call me, that'd be great. I don't know where you are. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And I'm going to call Kate. Abigail, how are you? What can I do hey, for you? Hey, are you still downtown? I was just fixing to leave. Could you do a quick sweep around the uh, boardwalk? See if you see Jamie. He's supposed to be home a while ago. Happy to, to do a quick look here. Okay. I think five minutes later, Wendell Trap is a small town. She gives you a call back and says, I don't see any sign of him. It's real quiet down here, actually. Kind of surprised. I'm just like starting to get that mom panic, you know? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, just kind of worried. Uh, hey, could you meet me downtown? Maybe we can look a little closer or something. Sure. Yeah, I'm just going to I'm gonna see if she'll meet me downtown. Yeah, the two of you meet downtown such as it is. It's oddly quiet. And she pulls up in her cruiser and lets you hop in the passenger seat. I do so. Did he tell you where he was going to be? Uh, he was out hanging out with some girl he met during the day. Uh, I described the girl. Oh, one of the tourists? I think so, yeah. Well, we can drive over to the, the Belmont or the Motel 6. Yeah, let's do that. See if we can find them. You check in at the Belmont. I think you see Bob Shelton, and he tells you that uh, he hasn't seen him. I ask if these people are staying there, because I would, I would have had their information. I think he gives you a bit of guff. Like, he's not going to give out customer information, but Kate puts him in line. Yeah. And uh, he looks it up, and they are. Gary, Martha, Alice, and David are checked into the Belmont. Okay. Uh, And he calls up to their room, and they are not there. They're not there. (sighs) Where else would anyone be? I think I'm I'm probably just saying that out loud. Like, where else would anyone be this late? Uh... As you're having this conversation, I think Kate's walkie-talkie crackles on. Sheriff Keen, just got a, a noise complaint. Some people are saying there's some kind of party out at one of the old cranberry bogs out in the timbers. Could be Jamie. There's young kids. She looks at you. All right, hop in. Okay. Yeah, I did that. The two of you make your way. I think it's a 20-minute drive kind of through the, the woods. The timbers are the outskirts of town between the town and the highway, and it is just thick northwest pines. And amidst those are some of the abandoned former cranberry farms and bogs. And so you, you're driving around, you swing by a couple of them until I think the, the third, one of the furthest out from town, you start to hear loud electronic music, drum and bass, EDM, and you can see bright multicolored lights flashing. And as you get closer, you realize that the music and lights are coming from a rundown, dilapidated barn. I just like look at Kate and I'm like, you lead the way. She nods and the two of you make your way to the barn. You throw open the doors and inside the building is filled with pulsing music and multicolored lasers that are slicing through the darkness. There are probably a hundred people in here and they are dancing wildly. Whenever their movements collide with the walls of the barn, the timbers squeak and squish. And what you see in front of you is basically a small town rave. (laughs) This Uh, is awesome. (laughs) All right. Yeah. I'm just like, 
Okay, I haven't seen one of these since college. <laughs> and I'm just looking at Kate like I don't know what to do here. I'm not a I'm not a cop. She looks at you and she like is absolutely bewildered. Okay. And she shouts, "This is an unlawful gathering. This is a violation of the noise code as well as the building safety. You all need to disperse. You need to go back to your your homes or hotels. You need to go home." And nobody responds. Yeah, I would imagine <laughs> nobody can hear her. <laughs> okay, yeah. I start looking for like a wire or something to cut. You start making your way through. How are you trying to move around? I'm like close to the edge of the building. I think just looking for like a wire or something I can cut to turn off all the lights. Yeah, I think I'm going to have you roll here. So okay, cool. start with one. If this fits any any part of your character concept, I don't think it does. Well, I mean, like, protective mom. Yeah, it definitely fits your need or want. Yeah, so two... Actually, it's just going to be one because you are opposed by the town's need, want, or secret. Oh, weird. All right, sure. Hmm, interesting. I got a two. So you are making your way through, and it is tough going. Like, these people are packed in together, and you can't tell how they're making this work. There's no wires that you can see. There's no generator. There's no cords. There's no electricity as far as you can tell. Weird. I'm just going to like turn. Uh, is Kate like near me? I think as part of the failure here is that you turn around and you don't see Kate. Damn it. Uh, and I, st- uh, honestly, I just start looking for Jamie if I can find him. You're searching around. And I think one person like tries to start dancing with you. Yeah, somebody starts to start dancing with me, and I'm just, I just shove them off. I'm like, look, honey, it has been a long time since these hips have been danceable. Move. <laughs> They're like, hey, come on, just try to have a good time. I'm just so tired of hearing, hey, I want to have a good time. I've been hearing it all freaking weekend long, and I am so sick of it. I think the music skips a beat as you say that. Oh. And everyone in the crowd stops and looks at you. Oh, frick. <laughs> uh... Jamie! Kate! As you turn away, the scene picks back up. And you can hear the timbers of this barn starting to buckle. Oh, frick. Someone shouts, It's coming down! And everyone starts running outside into the cranberry bog. Uh, yeah, I go with them. And this crowd pushes out into the bog and the doors to the barn are flung open and the whole thing splits in two almost and comes down with like a wet cavalcade of thuds. The lights and the music burst out into the field and everyone is just singing and dancing and having a a wild time out in this field. I am... (laughs) so done with this i just start like grabbing the nearest person to me i'm just like what is wrong with you people could you just for once just you just broke a building what is wrong with you calm down go to the frick home so you're shouting at this crowd and i think again they all kind of pause Uh. and amidst the crowd you can see jamie standing with alice and they're holding hands oh good okay yeah I'm going to go over to Jamie. Are you like pushing through the crowd? If that's the only way to get there, then yeah. I think it is. I think as you start to push through these people, they start trying to rebuff you. So I think this is going to be a roll. Okay. D6 plus one D6 for your need, want, or secret. Opposed again? Yeah. Yeah, I gotcha. Five. What does it look like? How do you get Jamie away? 
I just grab him by the arm and start chewing him the heck out. (laughs) That's awesome. I am just like, young man, you know, like his entire name, middle name and all, just like, you were supposed to be home, you know, blah, 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 blah. Just chewing him out. And I don't care what looks he gives me. I don't care what looks this girl gives me. And then I'm just pulling him out of the crowd as fast as possible. Back at the car, you see Sheriff Keen. uh, And she opens the door and says, let's get out of here. Yeah, let's. And she peels away. Okay. I am seriously considering just letting her take him back to the sheriff's office. Ooh, that's definitely a mom move. I know. I'm I'm trying to think about it. Big mom energy. I can definitely see that happening. I don't know. I think I'm going to turn to Kate. I'm just like, can you do me a favor? (laughs) That's if you want to fade out there, you're welcome to. (laughs) Big mom energy. Big mom energy. (laughs) Uh, Okay. I think, yeah, we'll fade away there. Ron, was there anything you wanted to do in the the end of the evening? Ron's evening actually won't end because since getting that text message, he's been so excited that he's just sitting in in the apartment above his shop awake and just waiting, counting the minutes until she shows up. Oh, that's so sweet. Haunting and sweet at the same time. It's adorable. (laughs) I think we can just imagine a long time-lapse montage of you like laying in bed smiling and like looking at your phone and twiddling your thumbs and and just watching, waiting excitedly watching tv he's got a hat at the other side of the room and he's throwing cards at it so there's a whole montage of that until the sun comes up and sunday is here william where do we find you on sunday morning I think that William has started packing a bag at the hotel. And yeah, I think he just kind of makes his way down to the lobby at that point. I think we see Bob at the desk looking tired and a little bleary. You get the impression that he didn't sleep, that he just sat at the desk all night. And he notices you as you come down the stairs and says, Oh, William, my boy, how are you? Good morning. Hey, Bob, how you doing? You're looking a little rough. I mean, you know how it is. It's just, it's a, a busy weekend. Yeah, a little, a lot of folks a little in town. too busy. Yeah. I mean, it's good. Wendell Trap was, was meant to be enjoyed. We got to make sure folks have a good time. From what I've been seeing around the town, it seems everyone, everyone has been having a great time. Yeah, agreed. And Bob, I uh, think I need my own little vacation. Just uh, one day away from, from all of this craziness. Bob looks at you skeptically and cocks his head. William, you know you can't do that. I'll just kind of stare at the ceiling for a moment and back to Bob. And Doesn't mean I can't try to. Well, William, I can't stop you from trying. That's all we got left in this town is trying. I mean, that's what I've been trying to drive home for you. We have a responsibility, William, to keep this town, make it fun and beautiful. I mean, there's enough going in this town. Why are we the ones duty-bound? Like, you've already built up plenty of tourism with the Belmont. The crab pot has been bustling every time anyone comes into town. Like, why Why do we have to be the ones to keep that going? Why can't we pass it off? If you find someone that would treat Wenteltrap the way it deserves to be treated, and you can convince them to stay, by all means, try, son. Like you said, I can certainly try. Good luck, William. Yeah, you too, Bob. I think that William is 
going to head out towards the gas shack. You arrive at the gas shack, and old man Jed is sitting on the porch. Afternoon, Jed. William. With all the tourism coming in and out, you know when the next uh, bus out of here is? Hmm. Bus out of here? <sighs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, look, you're going to say the same thing everyone else is. There's no way out of the town. Do you know the next vehicle, the next mass transit that's taking the tourists out of town is? Last bus out of town is tomorrow morning. <sighs> One leaving tonight, but I don't guess there's going to be a lot of folks on it. It's not over yet. William will sigh and kind of let his bag drop down and he'll take a seat on the porch next to Jed. Jed, you've been, you've been around a while. Like, I think you're one of the oldest living at the town at this point, aren't you? I reckon I am. Did you know my grandfather? Bill. Yeah. I knew him. A lot in common, he and I. Do you know why? I mean, we all know the stories. Now, obviously, that's that's why Bill couldn't leave. But do you know why it affects all of us? No matter how far we go away. Like, I had nothing to do with it. But for some reason, I can't get out. This town... Needs keepers, William. Needs people to keep it nice and pristine so that it can be enjoyed. Come inside. I want to show you something. I'll follow Jed inside. Let's jump to... Let's jump to Abigail. Okay. Mid-morning, you get a collect call from the sheriff's office. Yep, I answer it. Hey, Mom. I just have a, a, a couple of seconds of silence just to let him stew. Hello, Jamie. Molly, you come pick me up. You're not going to let me out unless you come get me. Do you think you've learned your lesson? Ma, I don't know what happened. Alice and I were hanging out on the beach. She said she was going to meet up with some friends and ask me if I wanted to come. And that's all I remember. I don't, Ma, I don't even know how I got here. We'll talk about it when I get there. And then I get in the car and go back downtown sheriff keen is there when you arrive and she okay. tilts her hat boy was out like a light all night did you get him to pee in a cup before no but we can do that now if you want would it show anything now we can try i'm not gonna have yeah. the results for a couple days that's fine sure go ahead a few minutes later he trudges out i'm just giving him the sternest of mom glares yeah he's not even looking you in the eyes like 60 degree angle down <laughs> come on Okay. I'm going to go get him ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We'll say the crab pot has ice cream because I'm not going to make a new place. So the two of you head to the crab pot. It's pretty busy once again. Like there's a mm -hmm. lot of folks there. I think you see some people from the rave. How do they look? They look fine. How does Jamie look? Uh, Jamie looks like shit. <laughs> <laughs> and I look, I point out a couple of them like, do you remember that? He looks around, he's like, remember what? Those people you were at the rave last night with? Mom, I didn't go to a, in a barn? I didn't go to a what? That you broke? Mom, no. Yeah, you absolutely did. Mom, no. I, I, that's ridiculous, Mom. What did you take, Jamie? Mom, I didn't take anything. Well, you're not going to just forget stuff. Mom, I swear I didn't do anything. And I start like, I start like peeling over his head and like looking for bumps or anything. And I find like the old scar on the back of his head. And I just kind of like calm down and i sit back down and i order ice cream griselda brings some over jamie you don't look any good at all here have have some ice cream dear it'll cheer you up 
I just start eating my ice cream and I'm just like, I just don't know what to say. I've never had this problem before. Yeah, Jamie's been a very good kid. I know. That's the problem. I just don't understand what's going on. I think we're going to pan away on the two of you sitting in silence. Okay. To Ron. Has she arrived? She is very close. Where do you meet her? Uh, I'm taking it the gas station is the edge of town. Pretty much, yeah. I'm so anxious. I meet her at the gas station when the bus arrives. So okay. I've, I've ridden out there. The bus pulls into town right by the fallen log that you can see has been chainsawed away. Mm-hmm. There's not many people on this bus inbound. You know, it's Sunday. It's a little late to be arriving in town, but off comes Liz. And she gives you a big, broad smile and runs over and gives you a big hug and plants a kiss on your cheek and says, Ron, it's so good to see you. I can't believe you're here. This is awesome. This is great. How long can you stay? I mean, I gotta, I gotta get back to town tomorrow, but you know, we've got today and tonight and tomorrow afternoon. That's fantastic. That's, that's, that's awesome. Uh, is this all your stuff? Yeah, yeah. I just, you know, I thought I owed you a shot, Ron. That's awesome. This makes me so happy. Let me, uh, let me get your stuff. We'll drop it off at uh, my place, and then we can head over to. I bet you're hungry. Uh, yeah. We have a great place you can eat at. I'm sure you're tired of hearing about the crab pot. Well, you've told is... me all about it. I've got to try one of those crab melts. Oh, then definitely. Let's uh, let's do that. And we see you to bike away. William, you are in the gas shack. It is as old and broken down on the inside as it is on the outside. Bob leads you back to a large oak desk in a poor state of repair. And he takes out a key, unlocks one of the drawers, and pulls out a very faded black and white picture. And what's on the picture? It is a young couple. They're posing in front of the beach. And you can tell immediately, although the photo is quite old, that the man in the picture is Jed. The resemblance is undeniable. He slides it over to you and says, I wasn't born here. I came here like your grandfather. Not quite like him. I didn't kill anyone. But I got stuck here. Trapped here. I thought I was in love. Beautiful woman here in town. Just fell head over heels for one another. Best weekend of my life. I woke up on Sunday. Find myself chained to the bed. Mary was nowhere in sight. A couple weeks before someone found me out here. She never came back. I was stuck here. I took her place. Did she run the gas shack? Is that what you're trying to tell me, Jed? This town needs keepers, William. Doesn't much care who it is. On the one hand, you don't want anybody else to take on this burden. But on the other hand, only way out of it. Tell you what, William. I'm an old, old man. Don't reckon I have quite too many years left, but young buck like yourself, well, I won't blame you for nothing. It's about enough human company for me. Get out of here. William will head out the door. You can hear quiet sobbing 
from the gas shack as you leave. Abigail, you and Jamie are sitting in silence as Ron and who you can only assume to be Liz arrive at the crab pot. I don't even notice. I try to get Abigail's attention because I kind of notice that she's with Jamie and I'm mouthing the word Liz as I'm walking in. <laughs> I would probably eventually like look up and just look away and I notice him and I'm just I just give him like a really curt shake of the head like no don't not right now not right now don't talk to me. And Liz is trying to ask is that Abigail and I'm like yeah but um, we need to not talk to her right now. <laughs> oh okay. See her son. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. Oh. One of those things. Mm. 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 Yeah. Better yeah. not get in the middle of that. Wow. Exactly. Ron, you weren't kidding. This is a really small town. I wasn't exaggerating. It's gorgeous here, but. Yeah, it is quaint. How's the weekend been? Actually, I don't have to work today. That's how good it's oh, been. Oh, great. It was an unusually busy yesterday, and I have the day off. And luckily, I know the boss, so it's all approved. <laughs> she laughs and smiles. Uh, and I think as the two of you are having this conversation, and the other two of you are not having any conversation, no, the door swings open, and you see the long, lanky frame oh. of Townsend. Go away. <laughs> Run! And you must be Liz. So good to see you. How are you? And I'm giving him the look, go away, far away. <laughs> I think I would probably notice Townsend at some point. And mm -hmm. I just give him like this dark, the darkest look just because like he's an out of towner and he likes right. rock music and he probably has drugs. And I'm just like, I can blame someone for this, right? <laughs> he's talking to Ron, but he notices you giving him this dirty look and mm -hmm. he looks like mock offended. It's like, <laughs> what, me? And then turns back to Ron. Listen, hey, we're going to get some folks together and have a little party on the beach here in just a little bit. Y'all should come join us. Sounds good. See you there. All right. Take it easy, y'all. See you, Townsend. Townsend heads out. I just stare at him until he leaves. Party on the beach. Harumph. <laughs> he flips his hair at you as he heads out. His long, luscious locks. <sighs> okay. I think eventually we finish our ice cream and I'm just going to take Jamie back home and make him go to bed. <laughs> as you step outside of the crab shack, you see a line of cars and a bunch of people walking. And they're all headed towards the beach. I call Kate. Yeah, Abigail. Everything okay with Jamie? Yeah, he's all right. He says he doesn't remember what happened last night. So I'm a little worried. I'm, I'm getting over being too angry at him. But I just want to call because there's a, a lot of people. Look, okay. I don't want to sound like that person. But there's going to be a big party at the beach. And I thought you might want to be alert for it. Given what happened last night, anyways. I'll head down there. And she hangs up. And as she does, you see in one of the cars passing by, Alice sitting in the back seat, And she waves and blows a kiss to Jamie. <laughs> does Jamie notice? <laughs> uh, yeah, he like smiles and like waves at her. I'm sure mom noticed. Oh, yeah, I noticed for sure. <laughs> and I just, I look back, I give him like the mom eyes. <laughs> I'm just like, you are never seeing that girl ever again. <laughs> Absolutely not. Mom. No. Mom. She could have been the one. No, she would never do that. Look, I don't believe that you would have taken drugs, but I do believe that someone would have I told have you I didn't you. take drugs. I know, but you are acting very strange. I'm in love, mom. I'm in love. <laughs> <laughs> just, I start laughing. Mom, stop it. I am. You met this person yesterday. She's amazing. 
Uh-huh. Mom, you don't understand. What's her last name? K. K? Like K-A-Y? K? Okay. K. I'm just, I just, I'm just too much. <laughs> okay. We're going to go home and you're never going to see her again. And you're grounded until I get the test back. Mom, that's not fair. I didn't do anything wrong. I almost believe you, but I can't take that chance. I think he looks at you and you see the gears turning and then he takes off running towards the beach. He's in the car. Did he just get out of the car? Yeah. Okay. I just slam on the brakes. I'm just like, I'm going to murder that boy. (laughs) And then I run after him. William. Yep. Where do we find you? I think that after the conversation with Jed, William has headed back to town. You get most of the way back into town and then you find yourself in traffic, which is not an institution that exists in Wental Trap. <laughs> All of these cars are headed towards the beach. I imagine I would head to the beach. Ron, what are you, where are you and Liz headed? I'm assuming we got back to my place really quick and then we're getting ready to head back to the beach. We see Ron, you and Liz on your bike, weaving through traffic. William, we see you making your way down to the beach. And Abigail, are you chasing after Jamie on foot or are you trying to go through traffic? Oh, no, I, I would have immediately like found whatever passes for a parking space. I can't imagine there's like a lot of parking right now. So I'm just like, I just jammed my car into some kind of spot and ran after him. The three of you converge on the beach as the sun is beginning to set. And you find it dotted with massive pyres towering columns of flame that dwarf your ordinary bonfire you can see figures moving between them illuminated occasionally for fleeting moments when the light catches them right there are hundreds of people gathered on the beach churning like rough tides over the sound of the ocean you can hear their wild and frenetic howls of ecstasy as you get closer you can recognize the faces too. Every tourist you have seen over the past three days is there, dancing and singing and screaming around the fires. They are wearing rictus grins over their faces, their mouths split wide like broken watermelons, and their eyes glitter in the flames with chaotic rapture. What do you do? Do not like. Do not like. Hey, Liz? We should go home. Maybe some Netflix? Ron, what is this? I don't know. Ron. Believe me when I tell you this is not normal. Ron, I find Ron. Oh. I know he was around. Hey, Abigail. Ron, have you seen Jamie? I haven't seen Jamie. Did he run to the beach? Yeah, he did. This is weird, Ron. Liz. I, oh, I hi. Hi, Liz. I'm sorry. I assume you're Liz. I apologize. <sighs> My son has, a- uh, is being strange. Sorry. Ron, could you help <sighs> me find him, please? Absolutely. Actually, Liz, you take my bike, go back to my place and wait for me. I'll go help Abigail here find her son in this circus. Uh, okay. <sighs> All right. See okay. you back at the place, honey. Okay, sweetie. Uh, bye. And she bye. like quickly hops on the bike and peels out. I, I give him like a look. It's like, she seems nice. Now can you help out? Absolutely. You want to stay together or do we split up? Uh, let's split up. If we find him, just come back here. If we can't find him in half an hour, just come back here anyways and we'll try to think. Sounds good. 30 minutes. I set the timer on my on my phone and I, I march off in, in the eastern direction and I'm assuming Abigail goes in the other direction. Yeah. I'm just, I'm, by the way, I'm just wandering around just going like, why are, like, 
where did these drugs come from? That's the only thing I could think of. <laughs> As you start making your way further into the beach, you can see that it is littered with kegs of beer, bottles of wine, foul-smelling flasks, mm. dank ash, and bottles of pills. And as you get closer to these people who are dancing and and singing and shouting, they all start trying to pull you into these circles around the fire. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not gonna do that. I'm just shoving people off of me because I just they're. I'm not. I'm done being polite. I've been polite to all these stupid tourists the whole freaking weekend. I'm probably ranting as I go along. It's just like I have been nice to you all weekend long, and you crashed my jet ski, and you just <laughs> and I'm just shoving people off as I go along. All around you in this crowd, you just hear, come on, we're just trying we're to have a good just time. Trying just trying to have a good time. We're just trying to have a good time. We're just trying to have fun. We're just trying to have a good time, just trying to have a good time here. William, what are you doing? I think that William is walking through. He's paying no mind to any of the beachgoers and is specifically looking for Townsend. Further in the distance towards the water, you can see several dozen of them have stripped naked and are splashing through the surf, oh, chasing geez. and embracing and tackling one another. And I think amidst that group, you see Townsend, buck naked, long hair, completely soaked. And he pops up from the surf, shakes his, his hair and says, oh, what a time to be alive. This is quite a party you've put together, Townsend. This is amazing. William, I'm glad you've made it. Come, enjoy the festivities with us. Oh, Townsend, I, I really, if we could just step away, I'm not trying to pull you away from the party or anything, but I have a business proposition for you. William, what? this isn't the time for business. We're just trying to have a good time here, man. Come on. And what if they could have a good time every weekend, not just a holiday weekend? When this weekend's over, we'll take the party elsewhere. That's how I've always done it. The party can't stay in one place forever, William. Oh, but it could. And imagine if somebody else could bring more people back to the town as you are putting on these parties and they could grow bigger and bigger. This could be the hub. Townsend stops and the smile fades from his face a little bit. And all around you, the dancing slows and people begin to stare at you. William, you're ruining the vibe here. We're just trying to have a good time. If you want to apply your schemes with one of my esteemed guests, please feel free, but I have no interest in staying in this town past tomorrow. That's unfortunate, Townsend. And with his father's money clip, I'm going to clock him across the side oh of the head. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> wow! Oh, I approve. <laughs> you hit Townsend, and he, he doesn't even recoil. He just is surprised, and all around you, everything comes to a screeching halt. Whoa. He looks at you and then laughs. Just this big, hearty laugh. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. It has been many, many years, William, since a mortal being struck me. <laughs> oh, shoot. Oh, William, my boy, this, goodness, this is invigorating. Oh, thank you. And I'll smile and say, yeah, seems like the party's just starting then, doesn't it? Oh, yes. And as you say that, down the beach, you hear the rev of an engine, and a pickup comes fishtailing through the sand dunes, and as it does, it flips, and about a half dozen people go flying out and land in the sand. 
You can't tell if the wet thud when they hit the ground is earth or flesh. But several minutes later, bleeding and wounded, they stand back up and start cheering and grab bottles of wine from the sand and start drinking from them. And this crazed, frenetic festival all around you turns up. Abigail and Ron, you meet up around the other side of these bonfires, and you see several things happen at the same time. You see William clock Townsend with a money clip. You see this scene with the truck overturning, and you see Jamie singing and dancing with Alice by one of the fires. I'm making a beeline to Jamie. Ditto. So are Abigail and Ron together right now again? Yeah. You two have rendezvoused kind of on the other side of this large array of massive bonfires. Got it. Got it. I just point him out. He's like, there he is. There's Jamie. Help me with him. He's stronger than he looks. Let's go get him. So we're going to run over to grab Jamie. Abigail, why don't you give me a roll? It definitely fits your want. You have help from Ron. You are opposed by the town. So two? Yeah. Uh, Nope. You and Ron reach Jamie and you start to pull him away and... Everyone around you stops dancing and celebrating and partying and turns and all of these hands just reach out towards you. And Ah. Abigail, as you're trying to pull Jamie away, instead you are pulled into the circle, linked into an arm chain, and people are just like, you've just been pulled into the celebration. Run! Am I having to make a choice here? Are you telling me Jamie is free, but Abigail is not? Yeah, I'm going to say Ron, get Jamie. I think that's interesting. Let's say yes. I think this oh presents my- an opportunity for you to grab Jamie. But I can only... Oh, God, this is awful. Abigail, I'm coming back for you. Jamie, you're coming with me right now. And I'm dragging him away from the beach. We see Ron dragging Jamie away. There are hands reaching out from the various dance circles and bonfire parties, but they're not pursuing you. And so you move through them and you pull Jamie to the edge of the beach. Is he fighting me? He's not fighting. He's resisting. Okay. But not not effectively. Okay. And he's calling out, Alice, Alice, I'll come back for you. I promise. <sighs> William, Townsend has turned away from you and I think is running still absolutely naked towards one of the bonfires and has pulled a bottle of wine from the sand and is just running in a circle around, just pouring it into people's open mouths. What do you do? Oh... Like, I'm really struggling with William on this one because he knows he can't stop Townsend. He knows Townsend's not going to take his place to give him an out. So William will rush up to the partygoers that are drinking and basically take someone who resembles close to his age. Yeah, I think there's one of the like yoga retreat people who's like Mm -hmm. their bodies are just contorted in these impossible positions right now. Whichever one's kind of on the outskirt with that, I'll just be like, this party is amazing, isn't it? They kind of unbend and you can hear bones snapping uh, and oh. they look at you and they say, oh my gosh, yeah, it's this is the best. I'm so relaxed right now. I'm glad you're having a good time. I'm glad you're having a good time. I've been trying to push for this town to have more parties like this. I don't know. People won't hear it from me, but if a tourist were to want to put these parties on, much like Townsend has, I think that this could be a, a thing every weekend. That sounds pretty great. Right? 
Now, I've got business out of town. I can't be the one to push this message, but I have a certain residence at the Belmont, this wonderful quaint little hotel that I think could really use some nice yoga retreats and things like that to draw in some extra tourists. And well, if someone were to stay behind in my stead and preach how great this town is, I think I could send more people your way. That sounds pretty cool. Hey, can you show it to me right now? I gotta see yeah, it. Yeah, abs- absolutely. And the two of you head up the boardwalk to your room in the Belmont. Now look, is this, it, is this it? Well, so that's it now, but imagine what it could be. A nice loft over here to spread out some mats. Like, this is just your private residence here. They have all of the amenities that you would need to host a yoga retreat. Um, I'm like, not Just imagine sure. how peaceful it would be to be down on that beach in the morning, to find your zen, to namaste with the waves. Mm, namaste here any longer than I have to. And they move to leave. Oh, you're really pushing me to do this, aren't you? I think I will knock them out. It's going to be a roll. Okay. Do you think this fits your character concept? No. I Like, he wants to get out, but I don't think he was willing to go this far before. Definitely fits, I think, your want mm-hmm. to demonstrate that you're better than this town by getting out of it. Okay. I'm just wondering... Yeah, I can't really burn the secret because this person doesn't know anything about the town. You could honestly burn the want if you wanted to by proving you're not better than this town. I think that is a fantastic idea. Like, look at what you've stooped to to get out. So for that, you will get two dice. So you're up to three d6. Okay. Ah, oh, I failed all of them. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> Dude, how? Have you rolled like well once? Brutal. No, that's par for the course for me. Wow, ouch. See so you round on this tourist, and you think you have the drop on them. Mm-hmm. But then from behind you, you hear Friday's voice shout, Hey, look out! And the tourist turns around, and your blow glances off, and they sucker punch you right in the nose, and you go out like a light. Oh. Ron, you have Jamie at the edge of the beach. What do you do? See, I'm trying to figure out how I restrain this kid so that he doesn't go back to the beach so I can go back for his mom. I think as you are trying to struggle with Jamie, you see Townsend walk up to you, and he shakes his long hair, takes a long swig out of a bottle of Cabernet Sauvignon, and he tosses it over his shoulder and it shatters on a rock. Ron. Hey, Townsend. I gotta thank you. This has been a really, really nice weekend. Well, I'm really glad you think so. Have you seen Abigail? Oh, she's enjoying the festivities. Are you sure about that? Because I'm pretty sure she wants to go home. Ron, you've been good to me. Let me offer you a bit of advice. What's that? You don't have to stay here if you want, Ron. Liz is here. If she stays, you can go. No. One for one. I'm not leaving. Do what you will. I just want you to have a good time, Ron. Thanks. (sighs) I'm worried about Abigail. Is Jamie in a state where he's going to listen to me? I think now Jamie is just kind of in a daze. Jamie, you're coming with me. We're going to get your mom. And we're marching down toward the beach. Have I not made enough bad decisions for you guys? (laughs) Oh, that's okay. I'm really good at making those. (laughs) I I just can't make the hard decision. I'm heading down to the beach with Jamie. This is going to be a roll. Oh, no. Does this fit your concept or reinforce a need, want, or secret for you? No, it doesn't really enforce the... I think it's just a D6. Just one? I think it's just one 
you have a reasonable action of trying yep. to wade through this this ocean of madness. Yes. Yeah. Ocean of madness. Oh god. I got a two. <laughs> Come on. I think we see you wade back into this crowd of people cheering and laughing and drinking and carousing and we see hands reaching out towards you and you're trying to push them away while keeping an eye on Jamie (laughs) and someone grabs your shoulder you try to shrug them off but they get a good grip on you and someone grabs your ankle and you see that there's a bloodied person laying in the sand and they're holding on to you and another person grabs your face and we see you, Ron, disappear into this celebrating crowd. Right, <laughs> Ron. As the sun sets and these revelers continue their celebrations, we see Townsend and Jamie walk out of town. Uh, what? And I think that's, that's probably going to be it. Ah, oh my it. god <laughs> <laughs> oh my lord so oh, this has great. been our international podcast month game of we die here a big thank you to the three of you for such an awesome session a big thank you to ipm for hosting us and to steffi devon for creating we die here a lovely game about spooky towns where the real monster is tourism <laughs> <laughs> The intro and outro music for all IPM episodes is composed by Benny James. Our graphic art and logo are by Matthias Grelly. You can support International Podcast Month by sharing and talking about the event, and you can even buy our team members a coffee. Links are in the show notes. Follow us at PodMonth on Twitter and use the hashtag PodMonth2020. Head on over to internationalpodcastmonth.com for the month-long blog and for more information about the event. International Podcast Month, celebrating creators, sharing listeners. Thank you.